Hello, loyal listenership. Welcome back to episode number 12 of the Frying Pan Podcast. Uh, my name's Louis Rive, and I'm joined as always by friend and writer Rowan Kane. Rowan, how are you uh, in Indonesia? I gather you'll be, you'll be leaving soon. Mixed emotions? Mixed emotions, uh, but a certain degree of, of uh, look forward to Tuness. I'm. I really miss the cold, and uh, it's getting to be, as one of my fellow Bali pugs put it, uh, sweat season here. So you're always sweating. You're always greasy. Uh, so I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to escaping that and getting to getting to some nice cold weather. But I'm. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How How about yourself, Louis? Uh, we're, we're We're doing okay. I'm sort of. I think. At- wits end in terms of Spanish uh, organization and timekeeping of things and for a very a person who is slovenly at best in the UK uh, with both of those things in terms of organization and timekeeping for me to even get uh, annoyed at this is uh, incredible in itself Um, but uh, just a, a little plug for next week's episode actually we will be going into the idiosyncrasies, shall we say, of our respective nations. Uh, Next week, when Rowan will be broadcasting from the fair shores of the United States of America, I believe, and uh, I I will vehemently still be here, Uh, we will will go into our our, our various, hmm, what we think of the absurdities of of each country in a, well, as as less a bigoted way as we possibly can. Yes, Yes. lighthearted not bigoted in any way and yes trying to remain politically correct in every in every way shape and form yeah what are we talking about this week Lou? uh this week we are going to talk about something that is very very uh, important to both of us here um which is the weather uh we're going to talk about the weather today uh and it's the sort of i guess rowan you're you're signing off you mentioned there that it is start of sweat season um before you go into sweat season, have you experienced sweat season before? Yeah. Uh, so when I got here last last January, uh, it was it was already hot. Um, and then when I moved to Bali in February, it was very very hot. Uh, Jakarta is a little bit cooler than here. I'll just say, just because. Well, in my experience, it's a little bit cooler in here because the sun isn't shining there, and there's a layer of. Uh, carbon and CO whatever from the cars and haze just kind of keeping keeping the sun out so it's it's an oven but it's not an oven with with the sun on it um Bali was very very hot yeah and it's it's it's, so during the rainy season which is from November December to March April or so uh it gets to be it's just it's just hot all the time and worse than that, it's humid and sunny and just brutally so. Um, and then it rains a little bit, and you'd think the rain would kind of burn it or kind of, uh, I don't know, drown it out, drown out the, drown out the heat or, or, or kind of get rid of the humidity. Nope, just as hot and just as just as bad as always. Um, so that's, that's what I have to look forward to when I come back in, in, in mid-January, um, and that's what I'm escaping on Monday, that's a good a good one to get rid of. I mean, can you convey uh, for the sort of the Anglo-Saxon traveler who is listening, uh, mm-hmm. what, what sort of degree of sweating are we talking here? Are we talking uh, the kind of all-encompassing sweat or uh, very localized sweat? 
Well, Louis, there, there are gradations of sweat and perspiration that I have experienced here that I have never experienced before, uh, before arriving on these tropic shores. Um, one of my favorites is the is the post is the post food sweat or the mm-hmm. the the during during food sweat uh, where you're eating something and as we've discussed here the food is generally pretty spicy so not are, are you not only are you starting to starting to perspire because of the spiciness of the food but you're also already perspiring because of how hot it is and how there's no relief from the heat either. So you would expect there to be a breeze of some sort or, or some sort of uh, uh, shade that you could get into that would, that would alleviate such, such temperatures, but there isn't. There is no, there is no relief from, from, from the heat here. Um, and the other one is, the other, uh, other one of my favorites is, is the, the, the wake-up sweat, Mm-hmm. Uh, in which which you wake up and you're you literally wake up from the sweat and from the the greasiness of your skin and my my favorite part is the is the when your knees start to chafe a little bit because they're rubbing together and they're they're sticking a little bit each time they each time they they brush up against their 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 friend uh, so. <laughs> So yeah, those are the two. Those are the two of my favorite sweats. Um, but yeah, yeah, gradations of sweat that I that I never thought I'd, I'd I'd experience. Okay, so it's really it's uh, yeah for the for the Anglo-Saxon traveler, it's uh, it, it's possibly as bad as it, it can get. Mm. Obviously, you've got the the, the zones of uh, the sort of the usual suspect zones uh, and I, I don't need to go too much into you know armpits and yeah. various crooks and uh, things of your body but um well, the, the, yeah the 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 pit sweat and the which which i'm i am guilty of in in cooler climbs uh i have been mm-hmm. known to need the, the 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 certain dry the extra powerful uh uh antiperspirant to 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 take care of that from for me but here, that's the least of my worries because I'm sweating from every, every other pore. Um, so, so the underarm sweat is is actually it's actually improved if anything here because it's because okay. uh, it's 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 a strange it's a little bit of a, a, a paradox of, of, of sorts. I'm sweating everywhere else, but I I don't sweat as much from only when I'm in air conditioning. Actually, now now that I come to think of it, only when I'm in air conditioning do I actually start to sweat from my from the uh, the uh, the less the less exposed areas of, of, of my body. Mm, interesting. It is that is uh, that is interesting. Uh, I, I suppose everything is relative. Is, uh, is 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 what you're trying to get at. It's uh, yeah. But but yeah. Um, once you are kind of in that all encompassing heat, that, that that doesn't make much of a difference. Um, one of those is it? Are we talking about one of those heats where when you have a shower and then you come out, it's not noticeably different in terms of humidity. Uh, so not so much the, the, the difference between the shower, well, my shower is kind of open, so there's no real kind of difference between the humidity from the shower, from the bathroom and from the, from the, uh, from the outside. But it's one of those ones where, uh, 
George Costanza of, of Seinfeld fame had a great line that I think about every time I take a shower. And he was complaining that he had, he had taken a shower after he had uh, exercised. And he goes, ah, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to be sweating the whole time. And Jerry goes, well, I, didn't you take a shower? He goes, yeah, but it didn't take. The shower didn't take. And that happens pretty much all the time here where I take okay. a shower and I am, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as I exit the shower or upon exiting the shower and drying myself off, I am immediately sweating again. Uh, and it, it goes right from being wet with shower to wet with sweat. And it's almost impossible to tell the, to tell the difference. Um, so it's not so humid in that it's like you're walking out of a, a shower and your, your, your glasses uh, fog up or, or, or whatever. Uh, it's, Comedy it's, porkies. Or... Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's much more a, a continuation of, of sweatiness the entire time. Okay. All-encompassing. All-encompassing. Yeah. All-encompassing. All right. Um, yeah. One last question about, about yeah. sweat, because I'm, I, I noticed it here. Uh, in terms of... There's, there's quite a sort of social stigma in the Western world to kind of walking around when you are sort of covered in sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people tend to sort of look at it with a bit of, like... Oh, that's that. It's a little bit disgusting if you if you sort of go onto a train or something and someone is literally like pouring sweat mm. in 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 London, for example. Has uh, Indonesia gone past the point where anyone gives a flying fuck about how sweaty anyone else is? That is an interesting question. Um, as far as Western Westerners are are, are concerned, uh, Boulets are concerned. I feel there is a greater uh, a greater degree of acceptance for those mm. who are who are sweating. Um, because because people understand it, Indonesians don't really sweat that much. Um, it That's seems amazing. because they're used to the 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 heat. Um, yeah, I would say as far as as far as Westerners go, there's a certain degree of of, of yeah acceptance and 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 pity, empathy. Mm-hmm. You you could say. Um, I I've, I've lost all sort of. Uh, uh, embarrassment as to my sweating. Um, I'm a, I was a sweaty guy to begin with. I'm a sweaty guy in St. Andrews. I was a sweaty guy when you, you when you come in from the cold and it's uh, it's 100 degrees in the in the heat because the radiators are are turned up to five and all that. Uh, and I used to be conscious of it, and now I've just lost all kind of. I don't really care anymore if I'm sweating. I mean, I care because like I don't like to be sweaty, but it's it's not a it's not a. It's not something I. I think other people are thinking about me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, well, last. Last. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. If you have one more question for me, I was gonna. I was gonna get into the, the weather in Spain. So, so go ahead. Uh, just one question in, in Indonesia. A short one. Does it ever get cold? So. Yes, in the mountains. Um, <clears throat> And there are times, so during the summer, the Northern Hemisphere summer, so June, July, August, when it, the weather in the evenings, the weather is actually cool, pleasant, not crisp, okay. not crisp in any way, but no, but, no. but it, it's it's re, it's a it's a relieving cool, I would say, especially with the with the breeze because it's the it's windy, it gets windy during that season as well, so so. Uh, um, yeah, in the evenings it, it can be nice and nice and chilly, and if you're on a motorbike, you'll you want to put a sweater on, and if you're not on the beach, you want to put a sweater on as well. 
Um, oh, great. So yeah, so it, it does, and, and then up in the mountains, uh, this is actually my expat experience for 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 this week. Or, or I'll tell you about it later. But I was up in the up in the hill country of Bali, uh, the highlands, and uh, at, at very early hours of the day, of the day, uh, and it was cool. It was really nice and cool. Um, so, but that is at pretty high altitudes. So okay. Uh, so yeah, it does get cool, and the, the the some of the cities I've been to that are built. Up in the mountains are, are cool in the evenings as well. So it, it gets cool. It doesn't get cold. Yeah, it doesn't get cold. Okay, yeah. Great. So so we've talked about the kind of two seasons of of Indonesian weather. Uh, are there seasons to where you are to Andalusia, or are there? Is it just kind of what's the, what's the seasonal situation? Well. They do go, and there is words in Spanish for all four of the uh, traditional seasons, but um, coming from, and I suppose the point could be argued that in Scotland there also is not all four seasons too, um, but there is definitely more um, meteorological variation in Scotland than there is here. And um, I would say, personally, there is two seasons here. Uh, one which has just finished. Um, you, you mentioned the pleasant and cool season, uh, mm. the pleasant and cool evening. Well, this is what's happening now here, and this is what they call like the depths of winter. So they are like Spanish people are fucking freezing at the moment. Like they are uh, walking around wearing fleeces, like jackets, mu- like full on winter clothing. Some people wearing woolly hats, and it's maybe today twenty five degrees. <laughs> So, um, and there is a really pleasant breeze as well. It's beautiful. Like, there's a, it's a really nice day today. Like, it's uh, cloudy a wee bit, patches of blue sky, breezy, about 20 to 25 degrees. And this is fucking freezing for Spanish people. And I went out last night to a bar uh, to get some food with, uh, a, um, with a Spanish guy. And he was literally shivering and the temperature could not have been I mean maybe 15 at the maximum uh, at the minimum sorry and it was it was quite amazing to see and they they genuinely find this very very cold uh, which begs the question how on earth like so many Spanish people work in Edinburgh um, all year round or study anywhere apart from here um, <clears throat> because they, they really are quite badly affected by the cold anyway I have been wearing like a uh, I'm actually, speaking of sweating, I'm actually sweating now. I'm wearing a football shirt and a, a sort of a, a plaid shirt over the top. And I'm too hot. I'm far too hot. Um, but this is, this is the best season right now. Um, and this, but it's quite short, unfortunately. This lasts till maybe January before things start to become uh, sunburn weather. What happens, what happens in January? Um, well, it was when I, I got here in at the start of February, actually. I got here at the start of February. So perhaps January is a bit early. We'll say till February. Um, then the weather becomes hot again. It, really? it becomes what I would call spring. Yeah. When I got here in February, it was uh, hitting 30 a few times. So, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it, it really was very, very hot. Um, and it kept being hot until now. Uh, the only difference is there's a wee bit more rain at either end of the summer. Recently, I was going to ask. Oh, uh, yeah, we've we've had a lot of like cataclysmic rain, like rain that has made places that used to be rivers back into rivers. 
So, okay. so that that's happened, and everything has started growing again, um, oranges and stuff. And uh, I believe it does get cold, um, but not in the way that I would describe cold. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yesterday night it was cold. I guess you could say it definitely wasn't warm, but you could still sit outside and be pretty comfortable. And that was described as being very cold, both by Spanish people and also by the weather forecast here too. Maybe in December it will hit um, sort of terrible, terrible temperatures of, of minus something, but I very much doubt it. Um, Andalusia is very varied actually. We have um, the coldest place in Spain and the hottest place in Spain are both in Andalusia. And the driest place in Spain and the wettest place in Spain are also in Andalusia uh, because there's a lot of mountains here. However, mm -hmm. where I am is very much not mountainous. I am yeah. a flat plain as far as the sea. Um, Can you name the, those four, the, the hottest, the coldest, the wettest, and the driest? The wettest is down by Cadiz. There okay. is a small uh, part of the county of Cadiz that is right next to the Atlantic and thus mm -hmm. gets a lot of storms. So mm -hmm. it's the wettest. The driest is the desert in Almeria. Um, mm -hmm. which is about 300 miles east of me, uh, which is also where they filmed all Spaghetti Westerns. Uh, this is this is an interesting piece of trivia for you. Pretty much every major Western movie, Clint Eastwood, um, any Sergio Leone films really? were filmed there. Uh, yeah, because obviously it was very cheap to film in Spain during the uh, 60s and 70s. Uh, so right. it's replete with a lot of ghost western towns as well. It's somewhere I'd really love to visit, actually. I think it would be fascinating. But it's it's a full-on desert. It's a, it's a desert. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen any of these movies, you'll, you'll, you'll know. Yeah. It looks like uh, Arizona, kind of. Yeah. That's the driest. Uh, the coldest place is in Granada, which has a ski resort. Okay. So you can go skiing there. They have mountains which are, I think, 3,000 meters tall. And there is a full-on like European standard ski resort there. Wow. Uh, you can go skiing in Andalusia. And the hottest place in Spain is uh, very close. Uh, is also, I believe, the desert. Mm. Uh, but the hottest city in Spain is very close to me, actually, which is uh, Ethica, which is called the Frying Pan. Uh, and is routinely the hottest city in Spain. Which is... Actually, the and our, our our we should note again that that's why our our podcast is called the Frying Pan because of mm -hmm. uh, the the temperatures at which we we currently uh, currently live. So so I I, I I heard something in there that 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 reminded me of a question I I wanted to ask you and a comment I wanted to make. So Indonesians love to talk about how cold or hot it is. Especially mm. hot, and the hot, the heat, I don't understand because it's always hot here. So they'll, they'll always say, mm. oh, "Oh, panas, panas sekali, terlalu panas," and though, which is like hot, too hot, it's so hot, blah blah blah. Uh, and they're always kind of mentioning it, or it's like, "Ooh, dingin, dingin, terlalu dingin, too cold, too cold," uh, and. And it, it's it's very uh, not not quite British in that whole conversations are had about it like we're having, but certainly mm -hmm. commentary, consistent commentary is had over over the temperature specifically. Is that the case in in 
La Campaña or in, in Spain? Yeah, um, not so much with... They, they, they do uh, moan about the cold a lot, I've got to be honest. Like, they do really moan about cold. They think mm. uh, when it's even slightly cold, it's like, oh my God, que fresquito. It's yeah. really, really cold. Like, I'm... Some... Uh, you even say, um, I'm uh, congelado. I'm frozen. Uh, like, and it's not cold. But they do like to moan about the cold, and they're really bad with the cold. Um, and... The, the, the main problem is over-exaggeration uh, that I find uh, with the cold. Uh, there are a few people who have traveled to other places and they say, oh, I went to France and it was even colder than here. And I went, okay, how, how cold was it there? And they said, uh, oh, it was minus 18 in, in Toulouse. I was like, no, 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 it wasn't. Like, that's, uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, no, no, it wasn't. He goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. It was minus 18. We looked on our, our phones. It was minus 18 degrees. In Toulouse, and you think, mm, well, I'm sorry, but that is—that's bollocks, really. Um, yeah. That that just isn't isn't true. I don't I don't yeah. think anywhere in in uh, you know that that's Antarctic kind of uh, temperatures we're talking there. That's Russia, not not the uh, southern southern South, France. Yeah, southern France. Yeah. So they, yeah. they do love to do this. Um, the the thing that is quite weird and a bit different is the the heat problem um, during the summer here. Which we've we've got into. The summer is fucking hot and absolutely horrible. It's forty degrees every day, sometimes more. It hit fifty this year in Cordoba, which is just down the road, uh, and it's 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 disgusting. There's no breeze. There's no clouds. There's nothing. It's just baking sun all day, and the nights are maybe thirty five degrees because everything is so fucking hot everywhere. And during this time, when you speak to people, they moan about like, oh, it was really hot. And then when you speak to them after this is finished, they go, oh, it wasn't that hot. And you go, well, yes, it was, because you told me at the time, like, and your dog died, for example, because you left it out. Um, like, it, literally, my sandals melted to the floor. You asked yeah. me why I was in the street at two o'clock, because I could die. Uh, like, some of your relatives have perished because of this heat. And then a month later, you go, ah, that summer wasn't so bad. But actually, it fucking was. And you're a <laughs> lying bastard. Um, and... Um, this, this happens all the time, um, and I don't understand why. They go, oh, this, the summer wasn't so bad, even though I watched as, like, no, no human being can cope in 45 to 50 degree heat. It's just fucking science. Like, the insides of our bodies are less than that temperature. And, yeah. um, but it's this kind of bravado thing where, where it's like, oh, you think that's hot. Well, it's not that hot. And I suppose to an extent, Scottish people do it too, don't they? they yeah. Go, oh, you think oh, this is cold? It's not yeah. that cold. It's like, not that cold. I wear yeah. a t-shirt. Yeah, I did it yeah. earlier in this program, actually. Like, yeah. uh, to an extent. So, yeah. yeah. But that's it's interesting to see the flip side of uh, being a wanker about the weather in another country. Yeah. It yeah. transcends cultural barriers, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So last last kind of comment and 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 talking point about this. Is is and this kind of actually hints on and is a good segue to our our discussion next week about the absurdities of of uh, our our locales. Um, <clears throat> the Indonesians have a have a thing called uh, masukangin, which means uh, uh, the wind the wind enters. Masuk is enter and angin is wind. So the wind uh, like the wind enters is is what it's called. But it's it's when the wind gets inside you, and it's. It, that is the cause of many, many uh, uh, illnesses and sicknesses. Uh, so if you're yeah. not feeling well, or you're a little nauseous, or you're, or you're, 
have a cough or, or just kind of feeling bleh, it's Master Gungan. The wind has, has gotten inside you. Um, which, of course, is uh, absolutely absurd. And, and equally absurd is their, is their remedy, which is to put, like, balsam. So, uh, mm-hmm. like, um, uh, uh, icy hot. Yeah, icy Vicks icy hot on their chest. And wherever it hurts or wherever it's, 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 you're ill, you just put some, put some balsam on it and that'll, 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 that'll fix you up. Um, do the Spanish have any of these weather related maladies? Um, there's definitely the idea of just being out when it is windy can make you very, very ill. Um, but strangely enough, I, I was quite ill a few weeks ago, uh, due to some kid sneezing in my face. Um, and I, I, I was like, it was a quite debilitating cold. I would say cold. It was a cold. And, um, I was like offered hospital. They, they asked if I wanted to go to hospital and like stuff. And I was like, well, well, no, like I, I just buy chicken soup and oranges and that usually is fine. Uh, some seven off or something. And it's like, it kind of gets yeah. you by. Um, but the pound, like I, I, I spent obviously the, the temperature is really nice outside. So when I was feeling cold I just went and sat on a bench just in the sun kind of reading and it yeah. was quite pleasant but that they, they said that was like the worst thing you could possibly do is when you're when you have like the uh, I think they call it refriado which is uh, like breathing cold I believe is like the vague translation of it uh, going in the sun is is like the worst idea and I asked a few people about this and no one could give me a straight answer which has become like quite a uh, paradigm of uh, my experience here. In, just not in, uh, just not getting answers? Uh, not straight answers, it's just, yeah. I think some there, there was a witch doctor that said this was a bad idea sometime in the past and that's kind of yeah. uh, kept that going up until this point. Um, but yeah, fundamentally uh, it's not as, it's not as great, there's, there's not quite as far removed from from Britain or America as uh, as, uh, yeah. as Indonesia would be. Yeah. The one, one thing more, that I will, the one thing I would yeah. say is that they are very big on their pills here, in the, almost the same way that uh, Americans are. Like they do mm-hmm. love um, prescribing stuff for like very minor and hmm. ailments that would just kind of go away if you just had a nice sleep and a cup of tea. Um, yeah. They do love that here. Interesting, interesting. So what? So one. I promised that was the last one, but I'm I'm, I'm going to get one more just because I want to I want to mention this. And again, and it's it's a it's it's very weather related. Um, Indonesians, when it's raining out, mm-hmm. won't go anywhere. And a lot yeah. of this has to do with the fact that most of them ride motorbikes, and it's so that's it's it's understandable that that, that they wouldn't want to go anywhere. But even if they don't have motorbikes and they're and they're driving in cars, they still it'll be a it'll be a reason to to. To cancel Congress or or to to not have a, a very important meeting. Oh, sorry, it's raining out. Like, why would I? Why would I come? Um, mm. is, is 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 does do do the Spanish have a similar kind of um, aversion to 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 rain or heat or wind or the uh, heat? Not so much, but rain is like uh, a real day killer here. Despite the fact yeah. that when it rains, it only ever rains for about ten minutes. But like the same. The, the depression of the people like when it just like a drop of rain happens it, it, it changes the feeling of the town 
to like this um, zombie infested hellhole that Interesting. Satan himself could not, you know, make any worse. And yeah. they, they really don't like rain. They don't like rain. It's like cats. It's like cats. It yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah. It's like cats. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, what was your what was your expat experience of the week? I believe it involves some Grant's whiskey. Mm, yeah, I got fuck it. I got really pissed this week actually. Like I I had a. I had like one of those revelatory um, drinking weeks of, uh, I find I was, I was away and uh, managed to find some liter of whiskey for seven euros, which is, um, that's fucking dangerous. Like, oh my God. I mean, that's incredibly cheap. So I had a few that I had a, I have like a, well, not, I have less now, but um, I, yeah, anyway, th- th- those were procured and this week, um, I'm not sure why, but the week after, I think it's uh, to do with when parents leave. I, I get my, my mother was here last week. You get this sort of feeling of strange guilt or something. And uh, I, I was a little bit bored as well. So I, I started on the Tuesday, which was uh, joyful because I actually teach during the week. Um, but I did, I did um, continue drinking from Tuesday through to Saturday, um, which was... Hmm. Both, both before and after after class. So um, the moral of this story, um, just to cut like the long story short of trying to explain or justify the idea of teaching uh, anything while uh, ha- after a few drams, uh, it's, it's very difficult and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, to be quite honest with you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, yeah. It, it's not a good idea, and uh, I probably I probably shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have done it. Anyway, it got to the Friday, and um, or no, it got to the Thursday, unfortunately, and that was like when the big drink happened, when it was uh, the the kind of um, I got through tons of the stuff just uh, straight in the street, uh, in full view of the millions of grandmas that just parole patrol around, just kind of I I really didn't give a flying fuck, and uh, proceeded to get I got. I don't remember anything on Thursday night at all and uh, woke up on Friday feeling absolutely fine actually like absolutely fine um, a bit groggy but not not bad at all and um, I had a new type of hangover which I'd never had before which I've, uh, the moniker of it I can call it is the drop uh, and I was teaching my only class on the Friday uh, at 4.30 and this was it was a good sort of a long period. I know there's a lot of hangovers where you're still a bit drunk in the morning and you think like I'm through, but this was a long period. This was mm. over maybe like 17 hours since I had my last drink. So I figured, okay, I'm done. Like yeah. I got I, through I it. Got away with it. And yeah. Yeah. Some sometimes you do. And it's it was a winner. But this one was like it was fucking fascinating. And it happened just towards the end of the class. I, it was within about 10 minutes of the end of the class. It was a drop where just suddenly like boom just the was whole it, thing everything like headache yeah. nausea like not wow yeah not everything like the full full whack and um the, the sort of face melt that whiskey brings as well and uh I got I knew like I'm definitely gonna be sick like this is 100% gonna happen and there was about five minutes left and we got through to the end where I managed to say like okay good right, bye bye see you next week and sprinted off uh, to the toilet uh, while the, the, in the other direction of, of the class and uh, destroyed it, um, completely, like, <laughs> liberally destroyed it. Um, 
absolutely wrecked the thing. And um, I thought I'd got away with it, but the caretaker was right behind me. But he hasn't said anything yet, so that's... Um, that's uh, Could have just that, been a stomach good. ailment. Could have just been a stomach yeah. ailment. It's true. Well, I must have reeked of booze as well, though. Anyway, it, um, <laughs> the, the bottom line is, my ex-bad experience of the week is that drinking and education, or educating, don't go together that well. Um, contrary to what... Uh, several learned writers will, 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 will maybe purvey. Uh, certainly educating is a, a difficult uh, task. I can imagine. When you have had uh, a, a bottle of 40 proof and uh, you, you're uh, riding the wave for a few days. Anyway, I've made a vow now that like, I will be off the whiskey. Like that's yeah. been cut out. To Ah, this was the other problem. On the Friday, I went out for dinner. I, I kind of kept drinking beer all day to kind of take off the edge of the thing. I went out for dinner, uh, had uh, this delicious dish here, which is very good, which is um, uh, pork fillet with uh, like a pate and peppercorn mm. sauce. And it's quite rich, but it's very, very good, served with like wild rice. And it's, uh, mm. it, is, it, is, uh, it is very good, um, which I subsequently threw up um, later on in the day in my sink. Um, which clogged up my sink and oh, also no. meant I threw up peppercorn sauce through my nose. Oh, so I've both no. ruined that dish and uh, wrecked my plumbing as well. So the moral of the story, children, is that, um, yeah, cheap whiskey and educating don't go well together. You know, uh, I, you say that, and I'm pretty sure some of my dad's colleagues my father's also a teacher, have made careers on combining those two. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously, it's a time-honored tradition. So I think if you, I think if you, you persevere, Lou, I think you might be able to, to make something of it. Not that I'm recommending it, but, but I wouldn't, it's I wouldn't put the, it, mm, yeah, I don't want to enable, I, but I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it, uh, wouldn't put it past Okay. Some of the more talented. So yeah, I'll, I'll maybe yeah. put it on the back burner and see yeah. what I can do. Maybe yeah. towards the end of this contract in June, and yeah. uh, then uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. <laughs> see how we go. There you go. Okay. There you go. Uh, how about you, Ron? How'd, uh, how's the expat experience of the week? So, um, I avoided a couple hangovers this past weekend, uh, thankfully. But that's that's not what I'm I'm. I'm going to talk about, uh, we, we were supposed to, uh, climb, uh, Ganung Agung, which is Mount Agung, uh, the great mountain, which is the highest peak in Bali. It is also the most sacred peak, peak in Bali. It's where the, where the gods live. Um, and that fact came into, into play, uh, on Monday evening when, we were going to, so what you do on, on the mountains here is you go up at night uh, and you drive up at night and then you hike up uh, through the wee hours of the morning for the sunrise, uh, not mm-hmm. at least because it's too hot to do it during the day, but also because, excuse me, uh, because you get to see the sunrise and Bali is the morning of the world and there's gorgeous sunrises. So seeing it from the top of a, of a volcano is, is, is that much more of, a, of, a, of an experience. So we were going to do that Monday and see Tuesday morning's uh, sunrise. 
So we get up to the uh, the base camp, so to speak, of of Mount Agung, which is a place called uh, Pasar Agung, um, where there is a major temple to the gods which live just above. Um, and uh, it just so happened to be a, a full moon, not on that night, but on the next night. <clears throat> so on Tuesday evening, it was a full moon. Um, and we get there, and the, the fellows that are doing the offerings and setting things up uh, say, tonight's not a good night to go up uh, the mountain because uh, there's a big ceremony tomorrow in the morning, and there's going to be tons of people here, and really it's not a good time to go up because the gods are, we're communicating with the gods in, in a matter of speaking. So we had just driven two or three hours to get to said base camp, only to be told, yeah, not, not tonight, folks. So we say, oh, okay, Papa, not a problem. What are we going to do? Uh, we thought about climbing the second tallest mountain, which is Mount Batur. Uh, we didn't. Instead, we drove to a place called uh, Kintamani, which is a kind of region, and there's a big, uh, it's actually a caldera, which is a collapsed, so a, a, uh, a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In the middle of a volcano, there's a crater. It's not a crater. Crater. Because a crater is like what explodes. A caldera is a collapse. It collapses. Ah, okay. uh, so it's bigger and more kind of uh, significant than a, than a, than a crater. Um, so it is beautiful. So we park at, in the middle of the night uh, at this place, and we sleep in the car for two or three hours. And then we wake up and see the sunrise in this beautiful, beautiful caldera with a lake and and a lava flow, and and the sun was coming up between the mountain we were supposed to climb and the mountain we th- were thinking of climbing after. Uh, and it was really, it was really nice. It was really picturesque and really, really beautiful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get a chance to climb Gununagung before I leave. And that was, that was one of my goals. Uh, but it was still, it was still a, a really, really nice experience and a really, really fun little, little trip apart from only getting like two hours of sleep in the front seat of a car. Hey, it happens. It's, yeah. uh, but yeah, Indonesian Mount Olympus will have to wait for another day. It is the Indonesian, uh, or is the Balinese Mount, Mount Olympus? Yeah, it's the Balinese Mount Olympus. Olympus. You're absolutely right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, if you have any photos, stick them on the show notes. Maybe the. Uh, There's one on Instagram. You can follow me at RLM Kane, uh, which is also my Twitter feed, where you can send all requests and questions, and and I've gotten many. So. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you can also also check out uh, my blog at semawongstories.wordpress.com. I haven't posted this week uh, because I'm I'm waiting for to get my visa back, and then I'm going to tell the whole visa story on my blog. Um, uh, how can people get in touch with you, Lou? Um, well, they can. Yeah, short of being here in Andalusia and knocking on my door, uh, I'm the one guy that's above five foot five. Um, they can get in touch with me by my website, which is talkingsoup.com, uh, or on Twitter also uh, at Talking Soup Magazine. Um, so that's uh, that's how you talking get in touch soup with mag. me. Talk, at Talking Soup Mag, I believe. Ah, uh, right. No, is it Talking Soup Mag or Talking Soup Magazine? 
Mm, good question. I think talking suit mag sounds uh, sounds uh, fairly fairly good. Yeah. Uh, if you get this far, talking suit will get you uh, get you there in the search bar. Uh, there's a fair few followers on there, so so get in touch. Let us know. Go on iTunes, subscribe, and. Uh, uh, write us a review as well. There you go. Uh, it there it go. can be it, it can be good. It can be bad. But if you put five stars, we'll still read it. Um, fantastic. Well, thanks very much, Ron, for joining me again. Um, and I wish you all the best with your travels uh, uh, back to America. Thank you very much, Lou. I, I will I will talk to you from the uh, from the fair as you put it the fair shores of 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 New England uh, next week. Looking forward to it. Great. I think it'll be a it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in next week for more uh, more antics, uh, more expat singular action from the Frying Pan Podcast. See you later, Ron. See you later, Lou. See you later, folks. Bye bye. And a hard place And I'm dead